and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, August the 30th, 2022. I think yesterday I said 2002. Wow. Was that a like a flashback? It's uh, 2022, actually, August 30th. And um, we are uh, reading from Psalm chapter 2 today, and then we'll jump into C.S. Lewis. We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's go. Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations conspire? See, there is conspiracy right there, right there in the Bible. <laughs> so there you go. Is, are, there, are there conspiracies? Of course, the nations conspire. And the people's plot, why do they? Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against who? The Lord and against his anointed. Hmm. We live in a world that is at, at war with God and his people. It's a consistent, um, that is a consistent message throughout Scripture that, um, that the... Uh, that the world is at war with the Lord and his people. True. Absolutely. No doubt. And, um, yeah. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Etta. Happy birthday. I think it was, it was Pete's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Um, the kings of the earth rise up in the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains. And throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. Hmm. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. God works on behalf of the anointed man. Yeah. You need to know that today. If you're if you're God's child, He's working on your behalf. He's uh, He's at work, taking care of you. Um, the weapons formed against us will not prosper. That's what the Word of God says. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Praise God. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Talking about Israel, of course, and the, uh, God's king. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession, you will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them into pieces like pottery. Some of this is a prophetic uh, word about the Messiah. Right? You are my son. Today I've become your father. 
I am your father. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was the son of God. And so he, uh, the nations are his inheritance. The earth is his possession. He's over all. Verse 10. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Hmm. You know, sometimes we forget that God is uh, in charge. He's in charge. Uh, God is ruling everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there, may be, uh, there may be relative rulers uh, that are, you know, that have titles here on earth, but ultimate uh, rulership, ultimate reign uh, comes from God. God's in charge. Yeah. God's over your workplace, God's over your community, God's over this nation, over this state that we live in. God is over the world. So uh, we serve the Lord with fear, and we celebrate His rule. Yeah. We celebrate whose rule? God's rule. 12, verse 12. Kiss His Son, or He will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction. For His wrath can flare up in a moment. So kiss his son, what, who? The, 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 uh, the, the Lord's anointed. He's saying, be nice to God's people. <laughs> right here is specifically the king. Be, be, you better be good to God's child, man. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to go bad for you. You be mean to God's child. Kiss his son. Be, care, be, be nice to the Lord's son. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And um, God's got that covering over you. You're his child. He's going to bless people that bless you. Yes, indeed. And same for us. When we, um, when we bless those who are blessed by God, we bless God's people, God will bless us. That goes way back to the promise of Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Abraham was going to create... Um, the, the, the people of God. He's the forerunner of the, the family of God, of Israel, and eventually the church. And that was the promise throughout. I'm going to make you a mighty nation, and whoever blesses you will be blessed, and whoever curses you will be cursed. So you always want to be on the side of blessing people that are God's people. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Mary. Welcome. Great to have you guys on. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Hmm. Man, take your refuge in the Lord today. You know what? Just right now, on your way to work, when you're out jogging, exercising, wherever you are right now, just say, Lord, I'm putting, I'm uh, taking refuge in you today. You are my shield. You are my shelter. Um, you're, I am your child. Yeah. All right, let's see what C.S. Lewis has to say here. We're going to jump on over to uh, the reading from C.S. Lewis today uh, from this book entitled A Year with C.S. Lewis. Daily readings from his classic works. Um, and so today is August 30th, and so the reading for today is that there are uh, the two remedies for excuses. Yesterday we talked about forgiveness versus excuses, right? Um, forgiving versus excusing. 
um, excusing is basically just saying, you know, just overlook what I've done. Um, and like, you know, not taking any real, uh, blame for what has happened. Um, but, uh, but the, um, But forgiveness is different. So here we go. All right. Two remedies for excuses. There are two remedies for this danger, the danger of what? Making excuses. One is to remember that God knows all the real excuses very much better than we do. <laughs> I like that. I like that, man. That, uh, that God, that God knows all the, uh, that God knows all the, um, <laughs> the excuses way better than we do. <laughs> That's the truth, man. Um, one is to remember that God knows all the real excuses very much better than we do. If there are real extenuating circumstances, there is no fear that he will overlook them. So if there's uh, you know, if there's if there's still if there's true uh circumstances, extenuating circumstances, then you can be you can rest assured that God will uh completely understand them. He understands. And uh that he will overlook. No fear. Don't worry about it. He'll he'll take. So uh, no, no worry about that. Often he must know many excuses that often he must he must know many excuses that we have never even thought of. And therefore, humble souls will, after death, have the delightful surprise of discovering that on certain occasions they sin much less than they had thought. Wow. Get this. He's like, well, I mean, he said that he said, here's some good news about excuses. Like God understands excuses. He knows situations and circumstances way more than we do. So if indeed we sin, uh, it could well be that when we die and we stand before God, that there were so many extenuating circumstances that we were beating ourselves up. Um, but what we didn't realize is there was a whole lot more going on. And so what he's, what CSO is saying is it's, it's, a it's conceivable that one day you'll get to heaven and some of the sins that you just lay, you just were beating yourself up over. We'll discover that, uh, you know, that really wasn't that bad because there were a lot of things that were going against you. Hmm. That's a nice comfort, right? That's a nice comfort. Um, all the real excusing he will do. So when we're standing before God at the end, theoretically, hypothetically, those times that we had sinned, and it's like, you know what? Um, you don't really need to make excuses because I, I do understand. What we have got to take to him is the inexcusable bit, the sin. <laughs> so when we confess our sins, the sins that we bring to the Lord, it's not all the stuff that can be explained. It's not all the stuff that can be, uh, we do have an excuse for. It's the other stuff, that other bit, that other bit that you, you know, we talked about this yesterday. When, you know, when you say something, you do something, you think something, you react in a certain way. There's a part of that that is understandable. There's a part of that you can ex explain. But there's also that bit, as C.S. Lewis in his nice English dialect and uh, 
and Penn would say, there's that bit that is inexcusable. But it's not unforgivable if we confess it, right? There's that part of our offense, there's part of our sin that is in, that is uh, uh, that needs to be uh, forgiven, the sin. We are only wasting time by talking about all the parts which we can, we think, be excused. <laughs> Go to God with a, a sin, and we just spend all our time talking about the you know the part that can be excused and it, and and you know that we aren't to blame for. So we spend all our time. When you go to a doctor, you show him the bit of you that is wrong, say a broken arm. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you go when you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor because, like right now, guys, this is for real, man. I ain't even going. You know what? I got a. I got like this pinched nerve in my neck. I'm not even kidding. On my down to my finger, been going on for two days. It all started with a new workout routine. Routine. So there you go. Stop working out. Um. And I was doing a bunch of these burpees, and I thought it was just muscle soreness. And then that muscle soreness turned into like a spasm almost. And now I got this stupid, like, pinched nerve. And so if I go to the doctor, <laughs> theoretically, if I were to go to the doctor, I'm not going to tell him, hey, you know what? My, knees feel, my, feel, my knee feels great. Uh, I wouldn't tell her, hey, you know what? I don't have a headache at all. Oh, you know what? I have no cold. You know, my sinuses are good. No, you talk about the thing that's hurting. What would you, what would you point to? My, it's my shoulder. This right here. This right here is an issue. So he says, when you go to the doctor, you show them the bit of you that is wrong. Say the broken arm. It would be a mere waste of time to keep on explaining that your legs and your eyes and your throat are all right. You may be mistaken in thinking so, and in, in, in and anyway, if they are all all right, the doctor will know that. <laughs> so you don't need to spend all your time telling telling God what's you know what's good. <laughs> you know, when we're talking, this stuff specifically is talking about confessing sin. You know, just similar to going to the doctor, you don't need to spend all your time talking to the doctor about what's okay. You talk to the doctor about what's giving you trouble, and but then C.S. Lewis is saying, besides the point, the doctor is fully aware; he'll figure that out. What's okay. What you're standing before him uh, with is a concern about what isn't okay. And so likewise, likewise with God, when it talks about forgiveness for sin, there's a part of an offense that is understandable, but there's also that bit that is inexcusable, and that's the part we need to get to. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, you said that thing. At the end of the day, you did that act. At the end of the day, you had that attitude. In the end of the day, you... Uh, Sin. The second remedy is really and truly to believe in the forgiveness of sins. Hmm. A great deal of our anxiety to make excuses comes from not really believing in it, from thinking that God will not take us to himself again unless he is satisfied that some sort of case can be made out in our favor. Ooh. Wow. Why do we make excuses? Wow, this is powerful, man. This is powerful. So why, C.S. Lewis is suggesting that the reason we are so adamant about making excuses, and this happens in interpersonal relationships too, like when you do something and you're like, and you try to make excuses over and over and over, and, and C.S. Lewis is saying with God, sometimes the reason we spend such elaborate time making excuses about why we did what we did before God is because down deep, we're not sure he's going to receive us back to himself. Mm. 
And so we feel like we have to make a really, really uh, watertight case for our sin because that's the only way he's going to receive us back. And we see, our, we see sometimes in personal relationships, right? You know, maybe you or you know some people that have a hard time accepting responsibility. And so they feel like they have to um, make elaborate excuses for why they did what they did. You know, sometimes that's rooted in, I think C.S. Lewis hits on it here, sometimes that's rooted in a fear of being rejected. Mm. That I have to make an elaborate excuse for why I didn't measure up because I'm afraid, it's fear, right? I'm afraid that if I don't make a watertight case for my, uh, for my shortcomings, then you're going to reject me. Mm. How many of you know that's a real deal, man? <laughs> and we can find ourselves doing that. Like if we, hurt, if we do something wrong, instead of confessing our sin to someone, we try to make this really big excuse because down deep we're afraid if, 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 um, if I don't make a really good excuse, then you're going to reject me. Wow. That's real, man. <laughs> that's real right there. So C.S. Lewis says that happens with our relationship with God. Aren't you glad that God receives you right where you are? Like, you don't have to make a watertight case, man. You, you, God's forgiveness and receiving of you is not based on how good of an excuse you have for your sin. He knows that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We just need to confess the bit that is the sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive us. He will never cast us away from his presence. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. He's never going to cast you away from his presence. You know, sometimes when we find ourselves making excuses, like we know we screwed up, and we start making excuses and, and trying to, you know, get, our, get our, ta- our case all in order, sometimes we can say, what am I afraid of? <laughs> what am I afraid of? Am I afraid that they will reject me? Well, am I afraid that they will not receive me back? Man. And sometimes that's rooted in our own junk. It's not rooted in them. It's rooted in our own junk, our own fear of rejection. Thanks be to God that we serve a God that is unending and his forgiveness and love. Praise God. Let me read that sentence again. A great deal of our anxiety to make excuses comes from not really believing in it, from thinking that God will not take us to himself again unless he is satisfied that some sort of case can be made out in our favor. But that would not be forgiveness at all. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, mm, praise God moment. Mm. He's he about to lay it down, right? That was not forgiveness at all. If we can make a watertight case for what we've done, then there's no need for forgiveness because we have a legitimate excuse, and then forgiveness is not needed at all. And what um, C.S. Lewis is about to lay down right here is, no, he wants, you to, he wants you to confess that bit, that bit that is inexcusable, but what, but what, but what? It's not unforgivable. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can make a watertight case out in your favor, that would not be forgiveness at all. Real forgiveness means looking steadily at the sin, the sin that is left over without any excuse, and after all allowances have been made, and seeing it, seeing in it all the horror, dirt, meanness, and malice, and nevertheless, being wholly reconciled to the man who has done it. Woo! That, and only that, is forgiveness. And that we can always have from God if we ask for it. Oh, man. 
Wow. Wow. So when we sin, we make excuses about all the reasons and this, and well, that's the way the world is, that's the culture, that's this, that's that. Well, you know me, I just have this thing, and blah, 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 and da, da. Well, get out, okay, make all your excuses about that, but there's this one part of it, that bit that is horrible and dirty and wrong and uh, rebellious against God. That bit, that little bit there, that, that, that looking fully at it, it's that bit that we bring to God. And this is where the beauty of forgiveness is. God says, I will, um, that ugly part there, that ugly part that remains, that, that, uh, that core there that's still ugly and dirty and stinky, I'm going to forgive it. The mean part, the malicious part, I'm going to forgive that. I'm, I'm going to look at it fully for what it is and I'm going to forgive it. Man, that's what Jesus on the cross is all about, friends. The suffering Savior on the cross is a reminder of the stinky, smelly, malicious part of our sin. Oh, yeah, we all got excuses. We're all just human. We're all got all these excuses. But there's a part of our sin that is malicious, right? That is like, it's about me and what I want, and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, my desires that are more important than what God wants. There's that part of it, that bit. Oh, well, we got excuses. We got this watertight case for all the rest, but there's this bit. And we bring that bit to God and we say, God, forgive us of that, that part. And God takes us to himself, sees it fully, but because of the great sacrifice of Jesus, the penalty for that ugly part has been paid. Man, aren't you glad that we serve a God that forgives our sin and looks at the ugly parts of our sin and forgives us and brings us right back to himself? Man, glory to God. All right, you guys, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for, um, man, thank you for forgiveness and new life and fresh starts. Lord, we are all good at making excuses. We, we, we were born with the ability to make excuses way back in the Garden of Eden. When Eve blamed Adam and Adam or, or Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent, and they just kept going on and on. They even blamed you. And we've been doing it ever since. But God, the the point is we we still partake of the forbidden fruit. We still have sinned, and there's that part of disobedience. There's that part of denying you, of doubting your word that we have done, and we continually do. God, we confess that, that bit. Thank you that you don't cast us away, but you receive us, and you love us, and you embrace us. You are a merciful and magnificent God, and we worship you. Lord, I pray for my friends today. May you bring them uh, joy and delight today. May they experience the freedom and the joy of walking with you today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, God bless you today, man. What a delight to be with you. Thanks for taking time to spend some time in the Word. Hope you have a fantastic day today. Thank you for sharing this, subscribing, liking it getting the word out about the podcast and that we're back uh, back at it. So thank you so much for that. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.